talk to you john that was uh that was quite a road trip for the la kings but uh, great to talk to you on a uh, friday ahead of a big weekend yeah for sure now uh db we we have plenty of time here uh we don't have a guest today so we can kind of let the show breathe a little bit um hopefully the audio is is where we need it to be because i'm not hooked up to my normal rig uh i'm on i'm out and about today well i can share some travel stories yes please we're always trying to find out where you are on the map um Mm -hmm. I am coming to you live from beautiful Las Vegas today. Yes, your so, second uh, home. Yeah, well, here's the deal. It, it Normally, it is my second home. I feel like I'm here about once a month usually, but, you know, the, the pandemic sort of slowed mm-hmm. things down a little bit. But we're back, baby. Vegas is back. <laughs> beautiful. It, yeah. it, it, it's booming. Uh, here to see a couple of shows. The, the venue's packed. The music's great. It was, I have to tell you, though, DB, it was yeah. weird. It was weird being here. Because although there's been travel, I've traveled uh, yeah. you know, over the last couple of years, um, you know, up, being up in San Jose for the rookie mm-hmm. tournament, you know, it, it, it's more like business-like, right? Yep. And then right. going up to Edmonton for the World Juniors, the building wasn't full, so it's not sort of normal. Um, you know, there's been plenty of travel, uh, but, you know, music festivals haven't been happening really, or at least I haven't traveled for music festivals. We, I did the one, I think aftershock in Sacramento, Sacramento. Yeah. So there was that, but, but being here back home, like you said, being like back mm-hmm. in my, you know, second hood now yep. ha- didn't go to die bar last night. So I know, oh, I know everybody's okay. wondering, well, yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. you have Come to pace yourself. You have to that's pace true. yourself when okay, you're in Vegas. Fair. Okay. Depends on how many days you're there. You're right. Yeah. So uh, it's three nights of social D. We had night one. Oh, beautiful. Uh, over at the House of Blues. It was just fantastic. It was a yeah. great show. Um, I'll give a quick plug here really quickly. If anybody, Please. several of our listeners, of course, uh, like my musical taste. Uh, so Julian James opened the show. If you like that, that era of rock slash punk, whatever you want to call social D, bad religion, face to face, all that good stuff. Uh, go check out Julian James and the Love Bombs. They opened the show. They were fantastic. I tweeted it last night. So um, I, I was going to try to pull a clip and use it on the show today. I didn't, but we'll, we'll do that in a future show. And uh, I've actually been talking to Julian, and we'll see. Uh, uh, he's interested in coming on the show. He's a huge Beautiful. Kings fan. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah, yep. we can come on. We can talk Kings hockey. We can talk music uh, and do all that sort of stuff. But no guests today, Dennis. We didn't book any no guests. guests today. It's okay. Because the Kings... I feel like we have a lot to talk about. There are guests. 
<laughs> they're the they're basically our guests. The whole so, team. Yeah, the whole the whole team. The whole team. Uh, some of the decisions mm-hmm. that have been made. Um, how about this though? Can I take a quick victory lap, or would you? Please. How about this? Would Would you like to at least comment? If you go back one episode ago, mm-hmm. I was talking about Copley and yeah. what he could add to the goaltending, given how mm-hmm. he had played this year in Los Angeles, and how sometimes players just need an opportunity. So, how about you give us your opinions about Copley, who I think started nine of the eight games on the road trip? I, I hope you <laughs> like my math there. Uh, it, it, it felt like every other game he was in there, and even did a back to back. So, what, what what was your take on Copley? Let's try to isolate to just the goaltending. Okay, so if you take out that disaster in the third period of Buffalo, his save percentage this year is nine forty two. He, John, I think that's good, right, Dennis? That's yeah, good. Nine forty two is good. It's pretty okay. good. So, John. He's not spectacular. You know what he does? He gets in the way of the puck. It's as simple as that. <laughs> he gets in the way of the puck. He's not acrobatic. He's not too athletic. He's a big dude. He gets in the way. But he's just very calm. There's not a lot of rebounds. He's not out of position. And I think that both Cal and JQ, I think this season, they've just been out of position on a lot of goals. Um, he, he's he's making the stops. He's not giving up those soul-sucking goals that, like, oh, I can't believe you gave up a goal from distance and stuff like that. He's done the job. Now, is he your starter for the rest of the season? No. I don't know. He's on a hot streak. John Quick's on a cold streak, whatever. I was a little surprised when he came out to start um, against Boston. But he's done the job. So keep going with him. And goalies are streaky. They're more streaky than goal scorers. So for right now, he's the guy. Got no problem with being in there. He's done the job. He did great in the shootout last night, and he kept, you know, in overtime, made a couple of big saves. So for right now in the moment, he's the goalie. It's fine. And and I love the story, DB. And maybe I love it because it just takes me back to 92, 93. It reminds me so much of the Rick Knickel situation, which we talked about on the previous program, right? Rudy's just, he's a disaster at the time. He can't stop a beach ball. Melrose is pulling out his hair. Rudy's (laughs) thinking about quitting the game of hockey. That's how far his game had like fallen off. He doesn't know what to do. And then you call up this 30-something, you sign him. He's not even signed by anybody. You sign him out of the IHL in San Diego. He comes in and he becomes the guy. He's, he's, he's starting and he's winning games. And he really sort of helped things get back on track. And then Stauber sort of, you know, carries them through the first two rounds of the playoffs before Rudy takes over. And, you know, then we get to the 93 Cup Final eventually, uh, which we don't have to relive. Dave Jackson did a good enough job on the last program. Yeah. It's just a great story. And uh, we had Rick Knickel on the program previously. It was great talking to him. And that's what this story sort of reminds me of. So I don't know. Copley gets a couple more wins, DB. Maybe we'll have to get him on the program and, uh, and have, him, have him talk to us and tell us some stories <laughs> and get, get his perspective on this, right? Because, I mean, you have to wonder, when he signs the deal with mm-hmm. Los Angeles to be the veteran goalie in Ontario, the, the storyline is easy, right? Hey man, yeah. I'm just going to come in. I, you know, I'm going to try to earn my spot. I'm going to try to earn my job and hopefully, you know, something will happen and, and I'll get my opportunity. Like th- those are all cliches, but like, totally my question, and I don't know him well enough to get this out of him, you know, on an honest uh, level, it, is he going to admit like, yeah, we say those things, but we really don't believe them. Or is he going to be like, no dude, I totally thought that was going to happen. I firmly believed I would get a chance because I'm just telling you my perspective, Dennis. Yeah. If I was a goaltender and I was signing here over the summer, I would be thinking short of an injury to Jonathan Quick right. or Cal exactly. Peterson, 
there's a wall <laughs> and I'm yeah. not going to be coming up. The right. likelihood of me getting NHL games signing with the LA Kings would certainly seem on paper to have been much, much, much lower than the yeah. odds would have been with another club. Right. So how much did he really believe he would get that opportunity? And then I'd love to also know what, what the phone call was like. Right. So like you, you start playing well in Ontario and are you thinking, Hey, you know, maybe someone's going to notice. And then you get the phone call and you're coming up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Had to, had to be a pretty exciting moment for uh, Phoenix Copley. And we also, Dennis, need to get to the bottom of the spelling of his name. Cause I mean, yeah. editing articles is bad enough. I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> And, and don't even get O-E-D-O. me started on editing Twitter. And and now you can't even spell Phoenix, right? It's a, it's a hard enough word as it is. Dennis, why do you Just have to double? Just use last name. PC, <laughs> use PC, use Copley. Yeah. Look, if you told me he was on the roster this season, it would have been, okay, who got hurt? Right. Like Cal or John got hurt. Not through lack of importance because I assume he's decent at math. So when he signed and he saw a $10.8 million cap hit for the Kings in net other than him, well, okay, it's probably not a spot for him. But what John? It happens. It, it happens, and an opportunity was given to him, and he's he seized it uh, again. I'm not sure. And knowing Todd, I'm not sure how much of the let's say the next twenty games is he going to play ten? Are they still going to alternate? I don't know. But he seized an opportunity. He's getting the you know he's getting the NHL paycheck. But it, it wasn't. I, I didn't think he'd be playing here because of non-performance of one of the goaltenders. I really didn't. And I agree with you. I, I, I think the expectation was, okay, I got a steady job. I got a shot here. If I go down and play well, another team might be interested in me, not my home team, because I, he was totally blocked. Uh, but, hey, that's the way it spins out sometimes. So speak, let's let's stick on the goaltending train here then for just a second. Um, for people like you, Dennis, that don't closely follow the Ontario Reign, I'll give you the Cal mm-hmm. Peterson yeah, update. Uh, he has played four games down with the Reign so far. Uh, he has a 3-1 and one record. He has a 939 save percentage, a goals against average sitting at two. He's looked solid in uh, all four of his starts. The, the Reign are playing again this weekend, uh, opening up Friday night in Bakersfield. So uh, Cal will have an opportunity to play. Basically, he's played in every game – um, that the rain have played since he went down other than mm-hmm. the back-to-back games last weekend, uh, Valalta did, did get a start. So uh, I, I don't have a lineup, uh, uh, any lineup notes that have been sent to me yet for today. Uh, but I would imagine that Cal will be back in net tonight. So um, the question then becomes how long is the stay mm-hmm. down there? I think it's still going to be for a couple more weeks would be my guess. He's four games into it. Um, it, it you know, I, I would be shocked, especially with the way Copley's playing, right? I would be shocked if Cal was back up uh, in time for Saturday's game, uh, reverse retro night. Hey, speaking of that, reverse retro night on Saturday night, I'm guessing Copley doesn't have a reverse retro helmet. No. (laughs) Unless there's no – it doesn't take two days for a special delivery. Well, sometimes you you can get a wrap on there. So, I mean – I guess you could, yeah. He could just wear a white one and, like, throw a purple and gold sticker on it, too. (laughs) I I mean, if he plays. I'm I'm very curious – because you know, Cal Cal has an elaborate yeah, oh, uh, yeah. reverse retro setup. So, and and it's not like question. you don't you don't borrow somebody else's helmet. No. So, so you know what? How, yeah. Copley has to get something going here pretty quickly. This isn't Mites. You're not going to borrow somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, can just, I borrow your gear? I left my helmet at home. Yeah, yeah, it's at home. I got a different helmet. Ah, well, it'll fit. Oh no it'll problem. Fit mo- it'll fit over one of my ears. It won't fit over both of my ears. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. well, he's had more than two days though because. Uh, 
hopefully somebody in the King's PR slash equipment department tapped him on the shoulder about a week ago and said, Hey, um, you might, when you guys get back from the road trip, Mm -hmm. the the Kings are going to be playing a reverse retro game. You're going to need something other than the black and silver helmet. So, because man, what a bummer to waste the reverse retro kit. Right. So from neck down, he's purple and gold. And then he has like black and silver helmet or, 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 I mean, he could wear white pads, but yeah, you need a bucket that that ties into the, the purple and gold, Dennis. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday night. But back to Cal, uh, nobody goes down to the AHL and plays worse, right? That's the whole point. You go down there, your numbers are better. It's a confidence builder. I agree with you. I don't think there's an immediate recall here because a guy who replaced you is playing well. And keep going and keep rebuilding your confidence. So uh, no problem with what they had. It was all the right moves, John. I mean, just Cal, something had to shake out with Cal. And fortunately, Copy's come in and done a, a, a decent job in net for this team. So I want to just quickly address, uh, we can go through some of the games. We can look at the calendar. We, we, sure. can, we can go a number of different directions. Um, but there was a tweet that I had put out recently um, that said the roster is going to look different in 30 to 45 days. And some people, active imaginations, I won't go as far as to say Twitter donkeys because we have plenty of Twitter donkey-isms we can get to uh, later if you want. But Fire the coaches, the Twitter donkeys. So. It, it, they, asked me, yeah. they asked me if I would get on the train. I'm like, the train just got derailed. So <laughs> like, are you kidding me? They just – let me say this first. Let, let me just address this and you go back to that. Sure. The last, the last for all you donkeys out there that want the coach fired right now, okay, that he's on this long-term contract playing, what, four, four and a half million dollars a year with bonuses or whatever. Um, the last time the Kings ch- made a coaching change in season, you know what you got? You got Willie Desjardins. So please stop. Barry Trotz isn't coming. Nobody's in. It's not happening. Just just stop asking me if there's going to be a, a coaching change because there was one disaster of a period. The team has the same record as they did last season right now. Now, what they need to do, though, is this next stretch of games, they need to start winning home games. But the coach isn't going anywhere. They, you know, when you fight a coach, when the team gives up, and the team, let, let's go through. They haven't played well. Don't get me wrong. They played crappy defensively, right? But they were down eight. They were down two goals in the third period against Seattle. They didn't quit. They were down two goals against Columbus. Didn't quit. Didn't want to win. They were down. John, last night, two nothing going to the third. They're not winning that game. No, okay. It's going to be a shitty. Road Dennis, trip Dennis, Dennis, you're not just down two nothing. You're down two nothing to the Boston Bruins at home in Boston. Like, right, who, who haven't lost ever, who hadn't lost with a lead all season. They were 15 and 0 going to the third period with a lead. So they're not trying to go. So stop it. I get it. Like you're allowed to your opinions, but it's not reality. Like this is not happening. They, the team has not quit on this coach. Yeah. They need to figure out a lot of things, especially the, the penalty kill, but that that's all I've got to say about that. So, so stop. It's just not going to happen. There's a faction of fans that want this guy fired. It's just, you you have to judge this team on the entire season. And you and I both said it. You can't regress. You can't miss the playoffs. If you want to examine this team, examine them and gain 82 and beyond. If they miss the playoffs, then we can have a different conversation. But right now in the season, like, come on. It just it's nonsensical at this point. Dennis, to me, it comes down to people who want instant gratification. It's the same thing if we're patience is the word, right? Perspective. If it, yeah. it, it's it's the same thing with prospects. If the guy doesn't come get drafted, make the NHL right away, score 50 goals, he's a bust. That's everybody's, you know, yeah. not everybody's. That's a large faction of 
hockey people. That's that's their opinions, right? And then they wait, and three, four years later, these players develop, and then they're like, oh, I guess this guy is, you know, a decent player. Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield. Yeah, okay, they were bust. The list right? goes on and on, right? Uh, Quentin Byfield, right? You know, people, right. oh, he's in the American League. Why isn't he back up dominating in the NHL? He's a kid. Relax. There's a plan. There's a process. It takes time to develop these players. Sure, sure. Everybody wishes and hopes that the guy just came right out of the draft, went right to the top line, and took over the NHL. Those are very rare players. Think about it like in the history of the LA Kings, 50-plus years of history. A guy like Drew Doughty, he's almost one in a million. Yeah, he is. It it doesn't happen every season. These are generational talents. They're very rare. And just because you were taken in the top 10 of the draft doesn't mean that you have to come in and have an immediate impact. All top 10 picks aren't created equal. That's why they talk about the depth of a draft, right? But anyway, getting sidetracked a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to uh, the tweet in a second, but following up on what you said, I think that the momentum has switched over to firing the coach. I'm talking about social media. Mm-hmm. away from the trades because people want change. If people watch a game and they don't like what happened, they want change. They want different line combinations. They want trades mm-hmm. made right away, etc. And so when when Blake addressed the media, um, it feels like a month ago. It was probably only 10 days ago. Yeah, before, uh, this has been the world's season. longest season, Dennis. But basically yeah. when he said, look, there are no trades on the horizon. Nothing's imminent. You know, we're, we're not looking to make a trade for a goaltender, etc. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said. But mm-hmm. the key takeaway was, hey, chill, calm down. Nothing's coming on the trade front. Then right. I think that the people that were split between – you need to make a trade mm-hmm. and you need to fire the coach. I think everybody jumped off the trade bandwagon and, and then they all jumped on. The, they knew it wasn't coming. So because they knew it wasn't coming. So now they're like, okay, well the next thing, and then you get into, it's that time of the year again, where this is when Terry Murray was let go. This is when Daryl Sutter you know, came in. So people remember that and they think December and they're wondering, and then the Kings lay an egg on most of those games on the road trip. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you can put but they did on. and didn't. That's the whole thing. That's they, the they whole thing. They did and they didn't. I mean, you know, you pick right. up seven. Kopey said it in the second to last game saying, hey, look, we go into Boston. We find a way to get a win. We come home NHL 500, you know, on the road. It's not the best, but it certainly isn't the worst. And you end the road trip with the win. Yeah, yeah you get seven points out of six games. That's not what you want out of out of a top tier team. But they didn't really lose ground in, no. in, in that sense. Right. So. Uh, and look around. Look at the other team. Like the, uh, Daryl Sutter's team is behind Todd McCollins right now. So like, that, these other and then Edmonton loses last night in a shootout. They blow a third period lead. The, the division's crap right now. Vegas is playing very very well. You could see Seattle's coming back to earth now. Like so, why in the middle of all of this? Like at this point, like now, it's not acceptable. It's it, yeah. Look, the defense isn't acceptable. They have to start finding saves. But I mean, look when you when you're a coach and you have two options for the first season, uh, beginning of the season in net, and that's all you have? Like, what other changes could you make in net? You couldn't. When you don't, when the goaltending save percentage is the worst in the NHL, and these are your two options, you don't have a lot of choices. So I can go on and on about this, but like time and place, this is not the time to evaluate this team. You do, well, I, okay, how about this, though? I won't go so far as to say it's not the time to evaluate because you can evaluate, you can have discussions about should Jersey play on the left side, the right side, uh, line combinations and things like that. So let, let's save that though. Let's get into that in the second period. We can, uh, I, we can talk yeah, about I'm, defense. What I'm saying is you don't, you don't make an evaluation on the coach. Oh, uh, correct. At this point, right. That, that, like you're not saying, okay, this coach is not getting the job done. They've quit. The team's quit on them. If I, 
yeah, they got to figure out the power play, the penalty kill. Maybe they did it late last last night against Boston, where they did kill it effectively. But yeah, you can evaluate the coaching moves and stuff like that. But to say, okay, now we have to make the final decision, the final call on this coach. It, it's sorry, it's not a game thirty-three Last in this minute season. of play in the period. The, the inconsistency is also preventing, in my mind, that conversation from even happening. Because, like you said, if they quit on them and they go ten games, like it was scary bad in Vancouver there, where it's like, ooh, I, I don't know if Bruce is gonna mm-hmm. right. <laughs> be around another game, right? It, it hasn't gotten to that point here because of the inconsistency. They'll have mm-hmm. a bad game or two bad games, and then you go, oh, this train might be going off the tracks. And then mm-hmm. they they keep, they keep pick up a couple of points, regardless of the opposition. They pick up a couple of points, they tread yeah. water, they stay where they right. are, or exactly. they show fight like they did in Boston, and you go, mm-hmm. okay, all right. That buys yeah. patience. So Yeah, 100%. Patience, people. How about this? Have some Absolutely. patience while we take a quick break. We're going to come back on the other side of it. I'll address the tweet that I was talking about, and we'll talk defense and forwards, and Dennis can talk donkeys as well. We'll be back after that. Back for second period, Kings of the Podcast. DB, let's keep the conversation going here. Uh, a moment ago, uh, it, towards the end of the first period, I was referencing a tweet um, where I had said the roster is going to be different in 30 to 45 days, and some people jumped on that and you know wanted to, mm-hmm. to speculate what that meant. Well, let me just give some context to that. Um, within 45 days, I'm expecting Cal Peterson to be back in the NHL. So um, 45 days, roughly, we'll say end of January, right? All-star break. Mm-hmm. So Cal Peterson's going to be back in the NHL. That's going to change the goaltending dynamic, whatever it is and whatever it's going to be for the balance of the season. Um, I'm expecting Quentin Byfield to be back up. Yep. That's going to change the dynamic of the bottom six and the pairings. Uh, you know, I go back to the beginning of the year. Todd McClellan was on this program and talked about his excitement for that third line with Ayafalo and Byfield, you know, being together. And that really hasn't mm-hmm. happened because Ayafalo went out early and then what is out after four games and then QB's now lighting up the American League. So I'm expecting that to happen. Um, I'm not expecting Jared Anderson Dolan most likely to be on the roster. I'm not expecting Sammy Fagamo most likely to be on the mm-hmm. roster. You're either going to take Jordan Spence and or Toby Bjornfoot and have them both go back to the American League, or you're going to have to make a trade uh, of, of one of the defensemen to clear a spot for either uh, Toby Bjornfoot and or Jordan Spence and or Brant Clark to be on the roster. So I'm expecting the right. defense to look a little bit different. I'm expecting mm-hmm. Brendan Lemieux to be back and to be playing. So again, the bottom six roster is going to look a little bit different. Um, Victor Arvidsson is out right now temporarily. And so I wasn't even referring to that, but if you wanted to add right. that in as well, you know, that, that Phil Deneau line uh, will be returning to what it was. So I just think it, there's nothing of major consequence or nefarious or whatever, that's going to be different. I just think mm-hmm. you're going to get back to seeing, because again, back to evaluation, if you're trying to evaluate yeah. this team right now, this is not the club that they expected it to be in terms of the lineup. So you have to get QB in, you have to get Lemieux in, you have to get everybody situated to have the starting 23 or the starting 20 that you expected Mm -hmm. to have. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, who's had like Adrian Kempe playing center on their bingo card, right? (laughs) Nobody had that. 
right? So that that's the first thing. Yeah. Can we talk now about that in a minute? <laughs> oh, and, and you want you want to talk about something else? Or you, uh, sure. Okay. So, but so, but here's the here's and John, you're you're great with like forecasting lines. And here's the dilemma, though, right? Okay. Assuming QB comes in, and you put him on the third line, so that moves Kempe back up to the top line. So it's Kempe, Kopitar, Fiala. You have your Dano line. So that means either if you're playing Ayafalo on the third line left wing, that means that either Kaliev or or Filardi is on the fourth line. Who's on the well, fourth line? Coming into the season, what I was referencing a moment ago, Todd had yeah. big plans for Ayafalo with Byfield and Kaliev. So he was mm-hmm. expecting Kaliev there. And I think that when he was making that comment, maybe this is where you're going. I think when he made that comment, he wasn't expecting Gabe Velarde to right. be where he is. So yep. in that scenario with Kaliev on the third line with Diafalo and Byfield, Velarde at best would have been on the fourth line. Right. And even then, I don't know if he would have been there because you had Lemieux, Lazat, and Grunstrom. So mm-hmm. Velarde wasn't really factored in at the time of that conversation. Is, is that where you're going? That Yeah, but now he is. So <laughs> yeah, but now one, he is, of those, right? one of those two, and I, I, you know what? I like Grunstrom, but way too many penalties. Like, really, like, just the last two games, just way too many penalties. So you have a situation, if you have Ayafalo on that third line, that means that either Kaliev or, or Gabe's on the fourth line again. Yeah, that no? doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense. You're right. Uh, it, uh, let me just follow up on your Grunstrom comment. This is my opinion. I don't know if McClellan would agree with it. When you have a guy like Brendan Lemieux out of the lineup, and Grunstrom, who can play a physical game, again, different type of physical. I think mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier in the season as well, that physicality can have different forms, right? But Grunstrom mm-hmm. plays more of a physical game uh, than compared to yeah. many of the other players yes. in the lineup. Yes. Where I'm going with this is that a lot of fourth-line guys, they're constantly told all the time about how they have to bring something extra, okay. right, to stay in the lineup whether you're a Blake Lazat, whether you're a, a Grunstrom, whatever, right? When you're, when you're Velarde, you're not told that you have to bring that something mm-hmm. extra. You're told you have yeah. to, you have to do things offensively to stay in the lineup, right? So right. it's just different right. skill uh, sets, if you will. Where I'm going with this is I, I, I wonder, I wonder, and I would even jump so far as to say, I assume that a guy like Grunstrom is trying too hard. Too he's, hard. he's realizing that he's either being told or he's coming to the conclusion on his own that without Lemieux in the lineup, there's that physicality component that's expected of him, and he's just trying too hard. He's trying, and he's fighting to keep his spot in the lineup, too. You have Sammy Fagamo on the trip, and he's fighting yeah. to get in there. When, when Fagamo played on that fourth line, he scored a goal, right? So guys start looking over their shoulder because they know. They know there's always somebody looking to take their job. It's not something Kopitar worries about. It's not something Fiala worries about. But when you're Blake Lazat, when you're Grunstrom, when you're these – they're not bubble players, DB, but they're they're bottom six guys who are somewhat yeah. interchangeable, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I think that plays into their head sometimes, and that's why sometimes I think it's okay to sit them out for a game and just say, hey, man, just chill. We love you. We like you. We love what you bring to the team. Just chill, relax, watch this game from up top. We're going to put you back in next game. It's like a reset, and then you're going to go in and you're going to play your game. Because I'll tell you, when Carl Grunstrom plays his game, he's highly effective, DB. Yeah, but too many stick fouls. Trip like you look at last the the Columbus and the Boston game. tripping, hooking, slashing, like not stopping scoring opportunities. It just and again, it's the theme. 
there's been some really bad decision-making on this team by some of the players. And for Carl, you're probably right. There's a lot of stress on him to continue to, you know, to, to be playing in the lineup. But again, I've just too many penalties. They had the best penalty kill in the league. No problem. When you're killing like 60% of your penalties since November 1st, you can't go into the box. And that's even Drew last night. And that was a marginal call. I guess he did. He hit Marshawn with, but you saw Drew in the, in the box in overtime, shaking his head. Like, how can I make that play? So it, I get it with Grunstrom, but there's just way too many penalties for a player like that to have four penalties in the last two games. It just, it's, he's, he's got to be better. That's where the coaching staff, I think, has to look at it and go, hey, you're trying too hard. And, and, yeah, and what I was just saying point. a moment ago. And I think from a player's perspective, to follow up on what you said, I agree with you. Players have to have situational awareness. And I think Dave Jackson alluded to this Agreed. a little bit when we had him on. You know, every game has its own feel to it. And so it's not about how is the league calling penalties or how is a particular referee on that night, official, whatever they want to be called, how are they yeah. calling the game that night? But a game, even to a in, in, in a period sometimes, it has its own feel and I think you as a player have to be aware of that and you have to know if oh this is the way this is being called tonight right oh we we need to back off sometimes I'd almost like to see coaches call a timeout and be like hey guys like are you paying attention to what's going on they're 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 gonna call a lot of fouls tonight so you need to or penalties you you need to you know be more Mm -hmm. aware yeah be be a little less aggressive in this particular game like you you, I, I just think that that communication has to be there in game because watching it on video the next day, it doesn't really help. It's, it's a re it's like a negative reinforcement. Like you can't be made. Like, how do you coach bad decision-making out of a player? I I don't know, but John, like they're like, I I guess, but there's, you know, if the, if a lot of players, if six players are making bad decisions, it's hard to the bench six players. But you look at it, they are top four in, uh, penalty kill uh, with respect to opportunities against like this only like Edmonton has 120. They have 114 Calgary and Florida have 115, 118. They got to start taking penalties. They have yes. to make better decisions. It's as simple as that. It's like at this point in the season, I think it's an inflection point. This homestand like this, this is the, the, the it's now. And here's the other thing that, that I looked at because I mentioned that they have the same record as it did last season through 33 games. Do you know when they played their 33rd game last season? New Year's Eve, they've wow. played two, two weeks difference for 33 games. So, yeah, some people look at it as an excuse. They have played a lot of games. They've yeah. played a lot of games. And that's I, that was stunning to see a two-week difference with respect to when they played. And it's, the calendar was the same. I think they started one or two days later. But it's been the same. This team's played a lot of hockey. But I, at some point, the decision-making has to be better. But I don't think it's defensive. I think it's the penalty kill, and I think it's goaltending that are the two main issues right now. Not to take away from your point, however, I think it should yeah. be mentioned that the reason – you'd have to go back and look at the calendar, though, the original schedule, because last year, remember, there was that delayed period over Christmas for about two weeks where mm-hmm. um, uh, the league shut down and games were postponed yeah. or whatever. So game 33 might not have been scheduled as New Year's Eve. Just a minor point. Uh, I'll have to look. Uh, I just, it just, it, this team. But they have a played a lot of hockey, and as as uh, Blake or McClellan said during that press conference ten days ago, that the Kings started early, so they were already one game ahead of the league because they started mm-hmm. ahead of most teams. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, looking at the uh, the forwards, um, yeah. 
the line combinations, I think, are, are, are worthy of some some discussion, at least. Sure. Uh, and, and, and I don't mean that necessarily in a, in a negative way. I just I'm, I'm curious for you. We haven't spent some time talking about it. So I'm curious for your um, thoughts on it. Fiala, Kopitar, Kempe. I'm not talking about Kempe being on the third line. We can get to that. But when you remove Kempe from that line, um, you have several different options of who could play up there with Fiala and Kopitar. Just like when you right. removed Fiala from the line, there were several options of who could play with Kopitar and Kempe. Um, Kaliev up on that line. Just your evaluation, Dennis. It's been a handful of small handful of games here. Fiala, Kopitar, Kaliev. They've tried several times to get Kaliev up yeah. on that top line over the last couple of years. And Todd usually has a pretty quick hook and doesn't let it stick. What are your What are your thoughts, or do you have any evaluation of, of that over here over a couple of games here? I just think he looks at the whole, the three C and says, all right, I, I need another option. And Kemp is the option. And he's been there before. Not that it would be my move. Uh, but Kelly, I, I just think John, that right now he's a specialist. His goals are going to come on the power play. It's as simple as that. I love the fact that he's getting the ice time. It's great. No problem with it. Not producing up there again. Like he, he's a strict. And look, every goal scorer is a strict. If you only score 25 to 30 in a season, that means that you're right. You're not scoring in 50, 50, 60 games. So you're going to go through those dry spells. I don't see I don't see the opportunities. Again, I don't think it's a fit there. I don't think there's enough foot speed there. Uh, but he's got to be in the lineup, John. It's as simple as that. He's got to get his power play time because he has the best shot on the team, without question. So no problem with it there. But at some point in time, there's got to be some return on the, uh, on the ice time you invest in that player from a goal standpoint because that's what he is right now. So he looks like a middle of the lineup player right now not a top line player even though we can debate if it's their top line or not it, it's not working again but i'm willing to let it run for this homestand and see what he does mm. on the homestand yeah <clears throat> it was interesting that velarde didn't get that opportunity because velarde did have some some chemistry uh with kopitar mm-hmm. earlier in the year uh, at the beginning of the year especially and yeah when you're moving somebody down to play 3c you have a couple different options uh with with qb remaining probably around through Christmas time, as I reported previously. Uh, you have Velarde as an option. You have Jared Anderson Dolan as an option. You have Kempe as an option. Mm-hmm. You have Kapari as an option of late. Uh, y- you probably want to keep Velarde on the wing, would be my guess. Uh, yeah. And they like the size of Kempe over maybe Jad, so that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, same thing when you move Lazat up to the 3C and somebody else can play 4C. But Kapari... Uh, would have been an option. And it's really interesting because several coaches have had differences of opinion about Kapari. Is he a center or is he a wing? Mm -hmm. It it struck me um, as a rather odd, uh, I mean, not odd in a negative way, just an an interesting comment because it seems that most people wanted to move Kapari to the wing and that's where he was going to be playing. And Marco Sturm said to me about two weeks ago, he likes Kapari at center. <clears throat> now, I don't know if it's a European thing. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grasping at straws. I, I, I fully admit that. Well, I, I, and I was having a conversation with Sturm about something completely different. And so I haven't had a chance to follow up with him on that. But I just thought it was mm-hmm. interesting that he, he made the comment to me when we weren't even talking about Kapari. So it was obviously something that was on his mind. It wasn't like I directed the conversation there. Yeah. Well, again, this all pivots around Quentin Byfield, though, right? Because if you want to play Kupari at the four C, let's say, then you move up Blake Lazat to the three C. And do you believe he's a three C? And some nights he really is the three C. And he scored enough goals, John. Always he got six goals. He's been fine. Like the thing is, if Quentin's there, then then Blake's a four C, and you're done. 
Yes. And the thing with Kabari is I get it. He, he's smart. He's fast. He's got size. And he doesn't produce. It's as simple as that. There's no offense in his game. It's as simple as that. And I, maybe this team could get away with it now because they're scoring more goals. I, I just – I don't think he's an NHL center. I, I don't know what to do with this player. And when Quinton comes back, then you're set at center because then you've got Lazat, who's a great 4C in this league right now. Like, he's tenacious. He'll kill penalties. He'll chip in with the odd goal. Again, a lot of this pivots around, and I agree. I think they should bring up Byfield. He should be on the third line, should be playing. Again, you're right. Does it have to be tomorrow? No. It's got to be soon. Like, it's got to be soon. You can't keep playing the whole season down there. But that that's the lemon. that Kapari just doesn't give you enough offensively to say, okay, I can go – Lazat, Kapari, my, my bottom six, two centers. That, to me, that's not enough offense there for this team. And again, I'm not trying to stir up controversy. I'm not trying to make a, a bigger deal out of it than it. Than, <laughs> why than, not? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying that's part of everything you just said. I agree with, which is part of the reason why it was an interesting comment because Kapari is most likely going to be a wing if he makes yeah. it to the NHL. He's not going to yeah. be a center because this team is loaded and stacked and set, whatever words you want to use, down the middle. So for Kapari to make it to the NHL, he's going to need to be a winger. And so it was just an interesting comment that Marco made. And Mm -hmm. and I don't, uh, you know, I'll follow up with him. I'll get more to the bottom of that. Um, All right. So you're, you're okay with Kaliev. Let's go to the second line. I have follow Deneau and more was the way they went in Boston. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting choice, Dennis. I have follow and more to me are redundant. That's not the combination Mm -hmm. that I would have put together. I would have been looking for more offense out of my second line. Well, it just shows you like how integral uh, Arvidsson is to this team, right? He isn't. He doesn't play for two games. They don't score in five periods. They find two goals and one was five on three. He, he's an integral part. Um, I've got no problem with it. Uh, I agree with you. It would look like I follow and more more complementary, not goal scoring players, and they're not the goal scorer that maybe Arvidsson is. But it, it's it's reliability. You put I follow up there. He's a reliable entity you know it the team is gonna that would be your stopper line john actually if you wouldn't need to put out a line to late in the game to 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 play defense i'd have no problem with uh, uh, i follow more and to know because they're responsible defensively so yeah i get your point about lack of offense on that line but again i think there's a trust that you have with i follow that you might not have with other wingers Okay, uh, you might have that trust, but given where the Kings were on the road trip, DB, yeah, you're, you're looking for offense. And if you're looking for off, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess where I'm going with this is, and, and Todd loves when we question his, his line combinations. Um, I didn't like Jad as going in there. Two, uh, second line, yeah. That just, that, that was a head yeah, scratcher to me. That was, um, I agree. And then if you're going to, okay, fine. Maybe... <clears throat> I could sort of understand the justification for it, which is sometimes coaches like to make the least amount of changes in their lineup as possible. So right. if, if yeah. one player is going to be out for one game, you might say, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a player who normally wouldn't be that high up yeah. in the lineup Good and I'm going to plug him in there just so that I can keep everything the way that it was. I go, okay, mm-hmm. I can kind of understand that. But yeah, if, then, then if, if it's going to be more than a couple games for Arvidsson and you're going to remove Jad, from that second line. And now you are willing to kind of quote unquote, mix things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like why are you not moving Velarde up there? Why are you not even moving or even Kapari or a Fagamo or somebody who can give you. Well, Gabe's Gabe's cooled off. Yeah. He wasn't going to shoot 20%. He's cooled off. 
It's as simple as that. It, it's it's okay. Uh, I agree. No, but hold I, on. I think it's not okay. If he's cooled off and you want to get him going again, if Phil Deneau is your most productive center, then why wouldn't you want to put him there, number one? Number two, Dennis, when a player comes out of the lineup, shouldn't you – if you if you have an effective line, which we can all agree mm-hmm. that the more Deneau Arvidsson line is effective, wouldn't you want to try to find a player that is most similar to Victor Arvidsson to keep that line having some similarity? Well, then we could debate if Axel Fallow is more similar to Arvidsson than Gabe Velarde is. You could. That that's that's the question. Oh and sure, Victor is a hunter, and I follow as a hunter. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's the question. And I, look, I, if it was Gabe that went up there, I have no. Look, people know what my feelings about Gabe are, and like, yeah, if you want to give him more opportunities up up top, great, go for it. The guy's proven himself. But it's like, like that play at the net last night in Boston. Like two weeks ago, he finishes that play right. Today, last night, it goes. It, it doesn't hit the net. And it's as simple as that. It, it's now here's the issue with Gabe, right? Here's the challenge. Now that he's shown that he can produce, at least in, in a short sample size, small sample size in this league, now he's going to have to go through, okay, now you're a more established player. Now that you're leading the team in goals, now you're going to go through a dry spell like every other goal scorer goes through dry spells. And now what are you going to do to get out of that dry spell? So that's it. So it's a different type of challenge, which is, your progression, right? That that's how team that's how players progress. That's how they develop. Like, okay, fine. Question mark. John, opening night, he was the extra forward. That's what he was. Now he's proven himself. He's leading the team in goal scoring and we're 33 games in. But now you're in a dry spell. What do you do to get back on track? How do you go about your game refining your game to get the, the puck in the back of the net? Which is his, his next challenge because now he's established himself as a threat in this league. All right, we haven't yet talked about the defense, and we also have two other forwards to work through because if you think of the the, the bubble players of the bottom three forwards in Kapari, <clears throat> Jad, and Fagamo. Sorry, it's called Vegas voice, Dennis. Yeah, I, I guess I should, okay. I, should, I should use that mute button here. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, we can talk about the two of the other three. We've already covered Kapari, and we can talk about the defense. Let's take a quick break. I'll get something to drink, and uh, we'll be back for the third period. We'll get into more of the LA Kings roster right after this. Say you see your life go flashing by. the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Okay, welcome back, third period. I have had some of the water here at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas. Dennis, look at these little mini bottles of water they give you. Come on, I don't need a mini bottle of water. Give me a big bottle of water, right? So, Johnny, but look, we need to address it because we didn't address it in the first. The Virgin Hotel was the hard rock. Okay, yeah. Your main joint in Vegas. So now the branding has changed. Yeah. Your thoughts. 
Well, let's 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 uh, for those that are new to the story uh, for 20 plus years, I stayed exclusively at the Hard Rock. It was my home away from home. Dennis, when they offered a condo here, when they did the the other tower back, I almost bought a condo. Uh, That's how much I love the Hard Rock. So this this was my home base. um, And it was tough when they decided that they were closing (laughs) the Hard Rock. You you know, there were some tears shed. I was not happy. Yeah. Um, Look. Uh, I, I, I didn't unfollow, maybe I did. I have to go back and check Twitter. I might've even unfollowed them because you know, they followed me and everything like, so I, then they switched to Virgin. I, I have to check really truthfully to see if I, I might've out of anger. Um, I'm very loyal. Dennis is what I'm getting at. Oh, I'm very yes, loyal. And Absolutely. I, I when when, when Virgin first took over, I swore this place off. I said, I'm not staying here anymore. Right. I'm moving. I'm going to the cosmopolitan. I'm, this is, yeah. I just, I, I, I didn't want to be here anymore. <clears throat> I've softened my stance a little bit, DB, you during have. the pandemic. Good. Well, here I, I've only softened it to this point. I said to myself, I said, self, give it a shot. Give yeah. it a try. Stay there. Be see open. what it's like. Yeah, yeah, be open to the idea. Yeah. I mean, the truth, the truth is, DB, it's closer to dive bar. So it was just it's okay. Uh, logistically, it was more convenient yeah. for me than staying on the strip. Yeah. But I said, sure. let me give it a try. So let me give you a quick review. The place is way too damn colorful for me. Okay, everybody that know, anybody that knows me knows that my favorite thing was the corner suite with the black shower. Yeah. Right, I love the whole black room that yeah. I all I mean all black all the time for me. This place is way too colorful. DB, look at this room. Okay. I'm in a suite. It's all white, which is why I it's used to hate white. the HRH tower, the better rooms. Yeah, but that, the rooms were all white. It felt like I was in an yeah. insane insane asylum or something. But um, now there's just color everywhere. The orange yeah. couches and. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of color. Um, and here's the other thing I was open to it again for people that follow and they know kind of my routines. Mr. Lucky's was my joint at, at oh, the yeah. Hard Rock 24 seven. Okay. But dude, yep. they've, they've enclosed it. So Mr. Lucky's used to be open and you could like look mm-hmm. out into the casino. Out, the casino. Sure. They've put like these lattice filled walls. So it's not like solid walls, but mm-hmm. you feel very closed in, in when sure. you're in there. I will say this. The food was delicious. So okay, they, they, they didn't keep they didn't keep the Mr. Lucky's menu because I went in there trying to get my French toast and they didn't have it. But mm-hmm. I ordered uh, uh, huevos rancheros and it was fantastic. Yep. So okay. the food was wonderful. High marks on the food. Um, a lot of the stuff here is still closed, though, Dennis. They don't have yeah. all the restaurants and stuff like all the shops mm-hmm. and everything. It's not it's not fully open. The steakhouse mm-hmm. is open. I'm headed there tonight to one. Yeah. Um, but everything closes at midnight, too. So like. I wanted to go to the, to the store and like get a bottle of water late last night, you know, yeah. it was like two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, everything's closed. And I, no. I, I found this guy and I go, where, where, I just thought they, maybe they moved the store. Right. And I'm like, Hey, where's the little store, you know, to get all the stuff. He's all, oh, no, everything closes at midnight. I go, what are you, dude, it's Vegas. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Dennis, literally nothing was open. You could not get a soda, a coffee, Dunkin' Donuts was closed. Everything was closed at midnight. Now, wow. it was a Thursday, so I'm curious to see what happens tonight. Yeah, but, but even dude, a this Thursday, is Vegas. This is Thursday's Vegas. A big night. It's not Monday night. How do you close? You don't. Vegas That's wakes how. up at eleven. So what? Right. What, what do you? What do you? At midnight. What? What? It, this is like an old folks' home. What am I doing? What am I doing here? I don't think I can stay here again, Dennis. I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to wait and see. I'm gonna. I'm, look, I talked about patience with the Kings roster. Yeah, you can't evaluate the Virgin hotel after one day and one night. So okay. let's give it the full run. 
Let's see what happens over the next couple of days. <laughs> Stay tuned on the next podcast. I'll give you Beautiful. my my uh, review in totality. How's that? Okay, that sounds great. But it's it's not enough to it's it was it's not unlike let's say it's more like the seven the six five loss in Columbus than the, the six nothing <laughs> loss in Buffalo. Well, so we're just listen. saying if it's an L. It's not like that disaster of an L. It's just, uh, it could yeah. be better. You should have won. I'll give be a, right now, it feels like an overtime loss. Like, I mean, okay. I'll, give, I'll give them a yeah. point. Like in Columbus. Um, okay. You know, but this is this is not – remember that Vegas game at the beginning of uh, last year, whenever it was, when they dominated Vegas at home? Yeah, opening night. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. It, it, is, it is not at that level of a win. Okay, it's not that level. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it. All right, back to the roster. Enough of Let's Vegas. Roster, please. Um, we covered off on Kapari, Jad mm-hmm. and Sammy Fagamo. Any any right. thoughts or impressions on Jad? Uh, how, he's been all over the lineup. He's been at center. Mm-hmm. He's been at left wing, and he's been at right wing. So, any thoughts on Jad here during this road trip? Yeah, his uh, his modeling career got derailed last night when he took that stick in the nose. Though he was a he was a handsome guy before that stick. Now I can. That that nose blew up on and stuff like that. I I, it's, I don't know. He's might be one of those really really good AHL players and just a marginal NHL player. I, I'm glad he's getting the time. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, he's getting towards his pension in the NHL playing. But I I don't know. Again, it's about offense, John. Like I I I think he's liable enough defensively. He's not a productive player up here, so I, I don't know. On a fourth line, does that matter? No. I, I'm not sure. He's a tweener for me. Yeah. Um, Defined role is the the phrase that I would use here. To to be successful, to make it in the NHL, you have to have a defined role. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. don't know what his defined role right. is. I always saw him as the future replacement of like a guy like Blake Lazat, but that's not happening. So now, right. what is his yeah. defined role? Where does he fit? It's not going to be at center. We talked about that earlier. You go Kopitar, right. Deneau, QB, Lazat, center set. So it's going to have to be at wing. If you're not going to be productive offensively, uh, to you know, to 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 stay on the third line on a consistent basis, and if you're going to be a fourth line player, okay, well now you're going to have to unseat uh, who Grunstrom, you know, or Lemieux, and and you know Lemieux, you need a different aspect of, of physicality right. in no, that role. So that's that so it's like you versus Carl Grunstrom is what it comes down to, and yeah, I don't, I'm I'm just not sure. He's a tweener. It's it's tough because. He, there's so much about the player to like, right? Mm-hmm. Such yeah. a high character guy. Players mm-hmm. love him. He's a great teammate. Um, he's fast. He gets, he's a really fast skater. So he could be a tenacious four checker. He could be like, if he had more touch to his game, he could be Alex Alafala. But that's what he could be. I, I just don't, I, I just, there's, that's not enough finish around the net, unfortunately, at this level. Yeah, at this time. So we'll see how, I mean, yeah. the, the tricky thing is that he's coming up also. Uh, you know, to that point where it's like, okay, what, what's the story, right? It's time. It's time. You get to that point. I I look at Austin Wagner, not comparing the two from their, 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 their abilities, but you know, Jad Mm -hmm. is, he's 23 now. Uh, He's, he's been a professional now uh, since what, 2018, if I remember correctly, or 2019. Um, You know, you, you get to that point where you're kind of at the end of the road at some point it's make or break time for you. Yeah, the clock's so, ticking on, on, on the clock is ticking. Game. That's what I'm trying to no say. Question. Yeah. Um, love the kid and I'd love to see him stick. I just don't know what his defined role is. So it's mm-hmm. a work in progress. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of a longer, uh, um, runway. The clock is ticking, but there's a much longer runway. Sammy Fagamo, uh, you know, he, he came up, he scored a goal. He was on the road trip. He didn't really play much, but then he did get into the lineup, uh, towards, towards the end of mm-hmm. the, uh, well, 
briefly, I believe. Um, what, what do you, what do you like from him? What do you not like? What are you seeing? Um, he speaks English really well. So other than that, uh, I don't know. He's, he's a tweener too for me, John. I just is, he's not an explosive threat. Like, uh, he, he looks like he's responsible defensively. I'm not sure how much touch he has around the net. Uh, he did well in Ontario, but at this level, I, I don't know. He's a, he's a fourth liner to me. So would he be, he hasn't looked overmatched John. But he, the problem was on the line, like you're not going to get a lot of opportunity on the fourth line. And he hasn't really been that noticeable, which is good and bad. Maybe bad offensively, but he hasn't stuck out defensively poorly. So again, he's in the same boat as John. I'm not really sure. Now there's more, like you're right, there's more runway to this player because he's younger. But I don't know. I, I just don't know. I haven't seen enough to say, okay, I need to stretch a game, John, to say, okay, this kid's played consistently really well in five or six games straight and he should be part of the line. I don't know if he gets that opportunity because, again, you mentioned who's coming back, who's going to come up. I just don't see the the, the the window that opens for him to be, okay, we can make a decision on this player in the next 20 days, uh, 20 games. Yeah, and that was kind of was going to be my point is that I, I know who he is at the American League. I've seen enough to yeah. know and understand his game and, and, you know, for there to be enough excitement, and I consider him to be one of their their better prospects at forward. The question becomes, where does he fit in? When does he get there? Um, there's no rush. He has time. And the Kings mm-hmm. are in that mode where they want to follow the old Detroit Red Wings model of, you know, let these kids develop at the American League level and, and ripen there. Um, mm-hmm. I almost wonder, though, if he ends up if, if he was kind of like the sacrificial lamb in a certain way, the game that he got into on the road trip. And I was very surprised that he didn't get once he scored the goal. I was thinking, OK, well, maybe Todd's going to ride the hot hand. That was back at mm-hmm. the beginning of the month. And maybe there would be room for Fagamo. But then he didn't he didn't really get back into the lineup. You take him on the road trip. I know he was an extra forward. But then here's the deal, though, Dennis. He gets into the Buffalo game and they're. You know, they're blown out in 20 minutes. It was the, it was the beat down in Buffalo, but it really was just 20 minutes of, of 20 hockey. minutes of bad hockey. Yeah. One one period. Right. But mm-hmm. Sammy was he had no, uh, he was a minus two in that game. He only played eight minutes, but it's like, OK, well, did Todd just not like what he saw in those eight minutes? And and that's it. And now because I was surprised that Sammy wasn't back in. Right. I, mm-hmm. I know that coming out of the, the, the Buffalo game, they wanted to try to maybe yeah, move some things around. Do. Right. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's that's understandable, but. You know, when you're a player like Sammy and you don't know what you have, you need you need to give him that opportunity. And they decided to go with Kapari instead. But I, I'm with you. I, I I need to see eight, ten games of Sammy at the NHL level on a consistent basis. You can't just pop him in there once every five games and then expect for there to be yeah. You got to manage right. You got to manage your expectations. If he's going to be a part time player, then you can't make a. You have to give him a part-time grade. You can't say, okay, this is what this player is. I agree. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough. And I get Kapari coming back in the lineup because he's got more size. He's probably better defensively. And that was going to be – look, that was going to be a 3-2 game, right? That was going to be a grinding out 3-2 game. It was going to be a high-flying game because they knew it. Even Todd said it in the post game. He said, we could open it up against that team. Like, it would have been 6 nothing, not 2 nothing going to the third. So, I, I get that. But, again, he's a question mark to me, and I just need to see more. Okay. Well, if you're looking to sort of tie things up defensively, I can see maybe where Kapari might come into that just because he's had more NHL games. He's had more time in the structure. He's had more times with the coaching staff. So you, 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 you probably rely on him, have a little more confidence in him to be able to do that. Uh, The comfort factor is what I'm trying to say, Dennis. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. agreed. Okay. In my opinion, Dennis, the biggest opportunity on this team is defensively. And I'm talking about specifically with the defenseman. 
You have mm-hmm. Anderson and Dowdy on the top pair. I'm perfectly fine with it. I think it is a smorgasbord of, I don't <laughs> even know what you call it, on the second and third pair, Dennis. We, we could spend two hours doing a podcast of how to put these pieces together because if you, if you figure that Roy is on the second pairing on the right side, Yep. which I'm not even convinced that that's the right piece. But but if he's there on the left side, you can play Dursey, you can play Walker, you can play Edler, you can play Bjornfoot. So right there, you mm-hmm. have four different possible yeah. combinations of a second pairing. And then based upon what you do on the second pair, you can get down to the third pair. Um, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, Dennis, but I'm going to make the proclamation. I'm done with the Sean Dursey on the left side experiment. Is that what we're calling it? I don't know. Well, who's going to give them offense? If you, where are you going to play Sean Dorsey? You're going to play him ten minutes a night on the on the third pair. Here's exactly why I was making the comment about Matt Roy. Is I'm almost to the point mm-hmm. of why not try Roy over on the left side? If you're going to take a right guy and move him over to the left side, why not do that and put put Spence in the lineup? Put Dorsey mm-hmm. in the lineup. If you're going to, I just I don't like Dorsey over on the other side. And I think and I said this on the last program. Sean Dursey is an outstanding third pair defenseman. I, I I think you're asking too much of him at this particular moment in time. I like Toby Bjornfoot uh, mm-hmm. at, on the second pair defensively. It worked last year. I think it works again. I don't care if you want to put him there with Matt Roy. I don't care if you want to try to go crazy and put Jordan Spence there. Hell, maybe you even put Dursey over there and you go Bjornfoot Dursey on the second pair. I'll tell you who I don't like besides Sean Dursey on the left side second pair. I don't like Edler there either. I love Alex no, Edler, no. great guy, but spot duty, fine. An extended run on the left side on the second pair, I don't think that's the plan either. So, again, short of a trade, which I think we're still a good month or plus away from having that conversation, DB, how are you going to get to mid to late January? How are you going to get there? What do you do on the second pair? What's your take? Well, i got to give Dursey the time because he's got what? He's got four goals in 30 games. Uh, it's Here's the here's the issue. The chemistry between Dursey and Roy hasn't worked. If you look at the turnovers and giveaways this season, it, Matt Roy's got a lot more giveaways. I know that it's it's time and place, and Sean's made some mistakes in big spots, but Matt hasn't been good either. He, he really hasn't been the same reliable player. He, he hasn't looked as steady in his own zone. Maybe that's a chemistry issue with Sean. Maybe he's getting caught up in having to be more offensive because he has scored, what, three or four goals this season. That chemistry hasn't worked, but if Drew's only going to score one goal this season, then I need Sean in the lineup to to, to produce more offense because you might like Toby Bjornfoot. He gives you nothing offensively. Like there's too many. Like if you went with Bjornfoot and Roy on the second pair, that's nothing offensively. But Matt got a couple goals early. That and that's the concern is that this team needs more from their blue line. Uh, it, it is a dilemma, John. I don't know, but I, t- I agree with you on one thing. Edler's got to be 14, 15 minutes a night. He can't go 20, maybe on an odd game if there's an injury, maybe 20 minutes. He's not that player anymore. And that keeps on, that's why the conversation about trading for a left defenseman doesn't go away. Because you, as much as you know about this team, you can't give me a solution that's going to work for this team. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing is, but when you look at the, the, queer, the, the really weird thing is, John, when you look at the advanced statistics, like, they're not bad defensively. They don't give up that much. And then when you go to the goaltending, that's where it all falls apart. I get all these statistics from sports logic. They do a great job, right? 
they're in the top 10 with respect to shots against and slot shots and inner slot shots. And their save percentages suck. So they just need to be better. They need better goaltending. I'm not sure what you do here, but it's not the disaster that people think it is. I get it. Sean Dursey is a high-risk, high-reward guy, without question. And I'm watching games, I'm saying, oh, what kind of play is that? He panics a little bit too much. But again, he's played, what, 100 games in this league. So I don't have a solution, John. Other than trading for Jacob Trickern and putting him on the left side next to Matt Roy, I don't have a solution for this team because I don't know where these guys fit. There doesn't seem to be any chemistry between those bottom four defensemen. And maybe it takes time to gel. Maybe we need patience. But it's great to have patience, but you got to win games. It's time to start winning games. You had 33 games to kind of figure it out. They still haven't figured it out. I don't know what to do. And that's why it's such a dilemma because it looks like really bad on the ice some nights. I look at the numbers and they're not that bad. So it's a, but Dennis, it's a that, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's my point though, it, to a certain extent is, and I don't want to get into a debate about uh, the scouting community and, you know, numbers <laughs> versus the eye test, but I'm right. just telling you based upon the eye test, yeah. right? I don't care what the numbers say. I don't like mm-hmm. the eye test. It doesn't pass the eye test. You have to get Jersey off the left side on that second pairing. That's my opinion. And yeah, yeah. I'm, usually I have a suggestion of a solution. My only suggestion right now is to put Bjorn foot over on the left side on that second pair or move Matt Roy over to the left side. And maybe that's going to work. If you try to move either Dursey or Spence uh, into that spot to try to give you offense. Right. So if you're saying that yeah. Bjorn foot and Roy are two defensive guys, okay, well then the defense has to be over on the left side because all of the offense is coming out of their right shots right now. So it just, I don't like what I'm seeing. I got to think that Todd had a conversation with Dursey and Roy and said, who wants to play left side? It's a, I don't think Matt Roy's comfortable probably playing the left side or else the more established player would have said, okay, yeah, I can go play that. And not everybody, it's not that easy, John, to be on your back end that much. It's, it's, that's why Alec Martinez was just such a great player for this team as they can go over there and you didn't see any difference in his game. Like you see differences and you're right. There's differences in Sean Dursey's game when he's on the left side. No question. No question, John. But you need him in the lineup right now. Like if Brent Cox going to come do. up and be, I, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying bench Jersey. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I you actually are making my point for me. Which yeah, is yeah, I get it. To get the most out of Sean Dursey, right? Because he's a useful NHL player. To get the most out of Sean Dursey, I'm saying he needs to be moved into a different position in that mm-hmm. bottom four pairing. Uh, defensive, or, you know, I guess... No, it would help. You know, other defensive teams make mistakes, and they get saves. So that's the one thing. They make a mistake, the puck's in the back of the net, but the goalie's not making saves. That's part of it, too. But I I agree with you. I'm not saying mention, but it's... I think you disagree with me. You sound like a Sean Dursey apologist. I I think you disagree. No, I'm not an apologist. I think he he needs to be in the the lineup. (laughs) Um, We can debate how many... What? I was just trying to get you going. Oh, you are, no, and you no. were so serious. I'm I was, I was for Jersey, for Kopitar, <laughs> for McClellan. I'm a, I'm a big time apologist. Exactly. I'm, I'm in everybody's pocket. I'm in, I'm in the team's pocket. Right. Me. Oh, that's my people. favorite. That's my yeah. favorite. Would you guys stop being bootlickers? <laughs> just because yeah. you disagree with someone's opinion, you don't have to call them right. names, people. What is, I know. I feel ridiculous. like sometimes we're on the elementary school playground. Yeah. Uh, look, oh, I muted cold. you. I muted you because you're you're an idiot. I didn't mute you yeah, yeah, because yeah, I disagree with you. I, I welcome right. healthy disagreement. I did not mute you or block you because I disagree with you. I, right. You're rude. <laughs> you're condescending. You're a moron because you don't want Todd fired. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Right. Okay. Well, I mean, right. yeah, of course. I, 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 there are plenty of people that I have not muted or blocked that have told me that Todd should be fired. Exactly. It's, it's, okay. the, it's the people that do it repetitively and rudely. Oh. And it's funny. You know, I can't even believe I'm about to say this, Dennis. Do you know who the voice of reason on Twitter was the other night? <laughs> Matt oh Barry. Matt Barry, how is Dancing Boy the voice of reason? Somebody was coming at me, yeah. you know, and uh, Matt Barry was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've disagreed with John for years. I've challenged his opinion for a long time. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Dude, yeah, totally. I, I, I took a screenshot of the tweet because I wasn't sure what the, what meds he was on that particular day yeah. to, to, to make sense. But you. I was like, Matt, what are you doing? How are you? How are you yeah. the voice of reason? Twitter's come a long way that Matt Barry is now the voice of reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it, you're great. It's, it's, it's how you say it. It's like, look, you can have an opinion. I don't agree with a lot of people's opinions on Twitter, whatever. I think this team like can still finish with a hundred points. And I just look at the division, John. I'm like, well, of these teams are just, just average. Hold on, hold on. I want to, I, I want to clip that. You think yeah. this team can still finish with a hundred points? Yeah, I do. They had the same okay. record as they did last season. Right. So, okay. So, but people should hear that, Dennis. It shouldn't just be a passing comment because when when you say that, people should start to think about that. They I wrote it. To- I wrote it that they would be one point better than last season, one hundred, and they still can. The same record that now that this this next stretch inflection point critical critical for this team to start playing well at home. But why not? Like, it's not some uh, – look, there's a couple of games. Like, Toronto didn't have a sniff. Carolina, they're not better than Carolina. They're a middle-of-the-pack team, but a middle-of-the-pack team, if they play a better – if they get better goaltending, they can win a lot of games here. So we'll see. Dennis, that is an, another important point. You're, you're making some good ones. We're trying to wrap the show up, and, like, now you're firing on all cylinders and coming up with sure. these excellent points here. Okay. Um that that was that was a backhanded compliment, by the of way. So that was, was I should I should be flagged time. for a two minute penalty. I need to go to the penalty. You should box. be muted. Exactly. <laughs> it's a podcast, so we can't mute you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna mute you on Twitter for a <laughs> half hour. <laughs> okay, that's I a DB know. ruling. Remember, mayor <laughs> ruling, DB ruling. Because you because it was a backhanded compliment, you get muted for 30 minutes. Wow, okay, any of your tweets in 30 minutes. <laughs> that's fine. Well, if you do, you're gonna miss some of the tweets that just went out. Okay. Um, which includes that they are getting ready to make a couple of paper transactions uh, today, mm-hmm. but that um, none of those players that go down uh, are yeah. expected to play in Bakersfield for Ontario tonight. And the QB timeline remains as is. Um, so nothing new there, but um, the point that you were making though, there uh, was about a hundred points. And then you had something else though. What was your other point? I'm sorry. I got so caught up in my own stupid joke. I forgot what you said. <laughs> uh, about the schedule, about the, the all the home games coming up. No, I forgot what it was. Okay, so if we can, that. you could cut that out and, and, and people don't have to listen to me try to remember what it was, but uh, yeah, the hundred point thing. Oh, I know what it was. You can leave it in now. I know what the point okay. was. Um, it is important to just like on the draft list, right? When you look at the draft, th- there are different levels to being a first round player and, and, and you have to cut that list into groupings, mm-hmm. right? So you go like, okay, look, the first three players are interchangeable, right? And then the next mm-hmm. grouping goes from like four to, and it varies by draft. It's not a set thing. Right. Maybe it goes in this year's draft, maybe it's four to 11. And then there's a drop off. And then the next, mm-hmm. the tier, the tier is yeah, the word I'm looking for. Right. There, there are tiers within the NHL as well. So when you do the power rankings of 32 teams in the league, there's true Stanley Cup contender. 
Mm-hmm. That's top of the food chain tier, right? Right. And then I don't know that you would want to call it this, but if you then want to go, okay, how about conference finalist tier? Mm-hmm. Like this, this team, sure. this team should be one of the conference final and maybe, maybe conference finalist and Stanley cup contender are the same tier. I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is there's another tier below that, which right. is, this is a, this is a playoff team that should go more than a round. And then you go a little bit below right. that and you go, this is a team that should make the playoffs. And then you go another tier below that and you mm-hmm. go, this is a team that might fight for a playoff spot, but they would get into the playoffs more mm-hmm. because of somebody else's unfortunate, right? Like something right. would go wrong and they would sneak in on the last Colorado day. with all their injuries or whatever. Whatever, right? right? And then below yeah. that, you go like, that's that, that, then, then it's Death Valley is that middle group yeah. where you're not good enough to make the playoffs and you're not good enough to, um, to best Anaheim in their quest for Connor Bedard, right? <laughs> So, right, DB, it's it's gonna happen, dude. Bedard and McTavish is just it, it, it's it, it's and a Zegas. romance. There you, go. It, uh, there you go. Well, but McTavish and Bedard, that is just, uh, dude. Mm-hmm. How about this? By the way, a little side note. Did you see uh, uh, Craig Button? I think it was somebody TSN. Um, they did the rankings of the twenty-four yeah. and under. Basically, it's like it's like mm-hmm. basically prospect pools. Uh, right. The Kings have now fallen to middle of the pack, and that's just because so many of their guys have graduated and things like graduated, that. Sure. Yeah, and then some of the other ones have, you know, moved from being A prospects to B prospects. There's question marks. The Ducks are, um, they've moved up quite a bit. So I keep saying this to the Anaheim Ducks fans. I know that the, this is largely Kings fans that are listening. I, I'm going to say this over and over. The Ducks are coming. There is a huge uh, a collision course that is going to happen between the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim is a team that is definitely on the rise. I remember back in the day talking to uh, Dean Lombardi about this, Dennis, and he didn't buy into the whole arms race thing, like, like Mm -hmm. Yankees, Red Sox, man, if I was in management of the LA Kings, I would be looking down the street. I know they're the Clippers, right. Of, of, (laughs) you know, I know I see the comparisons, Dodgers, Angels, Clippers, Lakers, you know, Kings, Ducks. I, I, I get it. They're the little annoying stepchild down the street, but Dude, that team is going to be really, really good if if they continue on the the course that they're on. But anyway, um, back to this, the Kings. Mm-hmm. W- where are they at in that tier? And so, if you're saying they're a hundred point team, they might not be in that top tier. They might not they're be not. Colorado, Tampa. I don't know whoever else you want to put up there. You know, Carolina, whatever. Right? They might even be below like the Rangers. Give me a couple mm-hmm. other teams. Who, yeah. who, who who would they be below? Rangers, Vegas, maybe Rangers. Devils. Oh, well, the Devils? I mean, they're right now. Are they an anomaly? Well, they're below. They're lo- well, they're lo- below Boston. They're not better than Boston. Sure, they're they're below Boston, right? But they're probably they- below Toronto. Okay, but you can yes, argue. That I can. You could argue. Where, here's where they should where be. they fall on the second tiers. round. Second round, playing for the division in the second round, coming okay. out of the coming out of the Pacific. Like, could, could they beat? Look, could they beat Edmonton again? If they played Edmonton again, could they beat them? They should have beat them last year, Dennis. There's, a good, there's your answer. So so that's second round. So yeah. second round. Do I think they're a four-round team? No, absolutely not. Not not with this goaltending at, at this point. And not the, with, with their inconsistency. But they're, they're still enough. The top six is pretty talented, John. And that, that and when you have that top six intact, then you have a Velarde or a, a Kaliev on the third line. They're going to score enough goals to win games. It's suppose that. They, they have to get more structure in the game. They have to be a better penalty-killing team. So let's leave on a high note. Let me let me challenge you with this one. This team offensively seems to be able to get it done. Second most goals are tied for the second most goals in the NHL. So the offense is there. Mm-hmm. Are they a defenseman away from elevating up a tier? Who's the defenseman? I don't know. Well, um, 
What if you get the Russian kid out of Columbus? Uh, Gavrikov? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. That will help. That will help them win more games. You're also it get stabilizes. Some, you're getting some size there too, which yeah. I think everybody would yeah. like. So yeah, do I, I do? I don't think it moves the needle to okay, Final Four. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I think it makes them a stronger, like second, third tier team. Mm-hmm. Right, it makes them stronger. But um, I don't know how that adding that defenseman is going to change this team structurally. Like so, there needs to be more structure in the game. That Gavrikov appears to be a really good penalty killer, which is they need help there. Um, I just think they have enough talent. The way this team plays is that they really got to commit. They're, you know what they're like? They're like the Maple Leafs. Because the Maple Leafs, with respect to their defense, never committed to playing defense. And this team, for some reason, John, is not committed to playing defense. A lot of defense is about try. And they're just, they just want to go one way. They don't want to stay in. They... And Jimmy Fox has brought this up on the broadcast. They're ready to leave the zone when it's a 50-50 puck, <laughs> or they might lose the puck. Yeah. Right? They haven't they haven't committed enough. I, I think this team needs to commit more to, to the other side of the puck. I think there's enough talent there that if they get one more defenseman, yeah, they, they could win that second round. I don't think it moves the needle that much. Just did, I, I don't think they're one defenseman away. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I agree with you, which is why I asked the question, because I think there there are um, there's a strong contingent among social media that uh, and, and I appreciate the excitement and the love and the passion uh, of the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my point was really to uh, agree with you in that I, I think it's not just one piece that solves all problems. Right. So yep. let's end on a high note, DB. We've gone a little bit uh, long here. Uh, the Kings need to commit to defense. We will commit to doing another program. We will have another Kings of the podcast coming up prior uh, to Christmas. And uh, if everything works out, we're going to bring in Steven Nelson, one of our favorites oh, uh, for a future episode. Uh, we have several things lined up in the pipeline on the LA Kings side. We'll try to get the, the timing of those situation situated. And we might even have DB a um, world junior player uh, surprise oh. podcast coming up uh, before mm. Christmas as well. So we who have a couple things, be, John. I'm not be? sure who that could be. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's somebody from team Finland. I, I don't it's know. A very short list. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. DB. We'll see you soon. <laughs>